BCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the internet at bcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. September of 2023. A VCY rally held in southeast Wisconsin. The featured speaker was Pastor Richard Schmidt and his presentation, The March Toward Globalism, that included a special focus on how AI, artificial intelligence, may be being used for or against us. For Jim Schneider, I am Dalton Windsor. You've heard about AI. CBS's Jane Pauley has talked about it. Artificial intelligence, AI, is changing the rules affecting nearly every aspect of our lives. As you've probably heard, it's a powerful tool. NBC's Lester Holt has talked about it. When I think of AI, most of my knowledge is from sci-fi movies of these robots that begin to think and grow and, you know, have thoughts like, like humans. What are we talking They have about? even sat down with Bill Gates to talk about AI. Are you scared? We're all scared that a bad guy could grab it. Uh, let's say the bad guys get ahead of the good guys. Then something like cyber attacks, you know, could be driven by an AI. But what so many don't know about AI is how even the most desperate of end-time scenarios they can dish up, these have not, cannot, will not surprise God. Rest assured, God is not in heaven chewing his fingernails. And neither should we. But, Borrowing a term here from Pastor Schmidt in today's presentation, listening friend, buckle up. All right, so when we're looking into globalism, when we're looking into artificial intelligence, transhumanism, and the de-evolution of democracy, we want to start out with a couple of scriptural passages, and then we're going to get uh, down to some current events in Bible prophecy and see how things are taking place as we speak. Well, let's go to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 1. The Bible says, But know this, that in the last days perilous times will come, now, if you're a student of prophecy and you see this particular words, okay, I get it. Last days, perilous, difficult, trying times and seasons will come. Well, the big issue is when is he, when, what is this time period that Paul was instructing Timothy on? Well, we're going to go through this, and I don't want to get too involved because we have so much to cover tonight. But in 2 Timothy chapter 3, here's the words, and again, I'm not trying to express the Greek language here, but it helps in this particular thing, and we have the English transliteration. The Bible says, but know this in the last. How many of you have ever heard the word eschatology? All right, eschatology uh, refers to the things that happen uh, uh, in the future, the last times, the future, or farthest. So, but know this in the last or farthest days, also can be known as period, perilous, dangerous, hard, difficult, treacherous times or seasons will come. But what is he talking about here? Remember, Paul's instructing Timothy, the church age had begun, and Paul is expressing to Timothy things that will be happening at the end of the church age. He's not looking at the tribulation period here. He's looking at Timothy. Listen, we're going to be facing perilous, horrible, difficult times in the last days of the church age. Now, folks, unless we've been sleeping underneath a rock, are we facing some very difficult times right now as Americans? I mean, absolutely we are. And we're going to see that as we go through these things tonight. Now, I saw uh, Dr. Andy Wood's book uh, back on the table, who's a good friend, as well as a few other folks. Uh, I just want to express this because it's very majorly must be understood that what we're talking about here in context is what is taking place now in these last days of the church age. So uh, uh, Dr. Wood says, now, what are the last days? 
Many people think, well, that is the seven-year tribulation period in the millennial kingdom that follows. The tribulation period is related to God's program with Israel. This is a church age letter written by Paul to a pastor. Paul is not talking about the tribulation period in the millennial kingdom that follows. He is talking about what is going to happen as the church age reaches its conclusion. One other quote here, when talking about the last days, the end times, we have to distinguish between the last days for the church, which we are in now, and I say amen to that, and the last days for Israel, which is still in the future. Again, by uh, Dr. Mark Hitchcock, one of the great prophecy teachers of our day. One more quote. When we talk about the end times, we are referring to all the events beginning with the rapture all the way to eternity. Thus, the end times include the rapture, which ends the last days for the church, and the last days for Israel, which follow the rapture. Moving into the New Testament, the term last days refers most often to the last days of the church and the church age, including the passage that we're looking at tonight. All right, if you're a prophecy teacher, you have to use charts. So we're going to look at a couple of charts before we get into our current events. All right, basically, if we look on the left side of the screen, you'll see the cross. That refers to the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ being the first fruits of the resurrection. Shortly thereafter, the church age began, which me and you currently live in and have lived in for the past 2,000 years. Again, 2 Timothy 3.1 says, before the rapture comes, what's going to take place? But know this, Christian, that in the last days, what will take place? Perilous, dangerous, difficult times will come. So again, there's the challenge. What is the challenge? When is that going to start? Well, folks, if you read Bible prophecy, if you've read Revelation recently, if you've read uh, the Olivet Discourse recently, if you've read about the things that will be taking place that uh, uh, absolutely shock the conscience, folks, I think we're getting pretty close. I hear anybody saying that? All right, very good. All right, so that's the challenge. When is it? Well, the contention for tonight is when we're talking about the last days of the church age, not the last days of the tribulation, which in- includes the eschaton or the eschatology, I believe we're there. Folks, I've never seen things like I've seen. I never thought I'd see things like we're seeing today. The times are difficult. Well, just very quickly, one more slide here. So what's going to take place? The church age, the rapture. Now, some of you are saying right now, and I know we got an eclectic group here tonight. Well, I've never seen the rapture in the Bible. It doesn't exist. That word is not there. Well, you know what? In the English, it's not. I would 100% agree with you. That word is not in the Bible. However, when you go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, in uh, verse uh, 13 through 18, it talks about the snatching up, the catching away, based on what version you use. You know what that word is? Well, it's harpazo in the Greek. You say, okay, and rapture came from? Well, I'm glad you asked. The word actually rapture comes from the Latin when uh, uh, the Bible was written and translated into Latin, that Greek word harpazo, which means in our English Bible, to catch up or to snatch away. What does it mean? Rapturo is the Latin word. And of course, theologians got to do everything the hard way, so they adopted the Latin word, and thereby that's where the word rapture comes from. So if you don't think it's in your Bible, just get your Latin version out. It's in there. All right. Then, after the rapture of the church, seven-year tribulation, when Jesus Christ comes back at the end of the tribulation, 1,000-year millennial kingdom, and then we'll go into eternity. All right, so we're going to get into a, a little section I'm going to call, What Constitutes Perilous, Dangerous Times? I'm going to read to you, and I don't often read in any messages I do, but I'm going to read a particular piece that I wrote about a oh, little over a year and a half ago, and it just condenses things into a couple of pages. Listen carefully as we go through this. You're going to hear things that are going to shock the conscience, that are going to get you thinking as we get started on our road down the globalist path. What constitutes perilous times in the last days? The Apostle Paul reveals several issues in 2 Timothy 3 that point directly to perilous times. 
which could also be translated dangerous times. Consider the following topics that continue to shock not only the Christian community, but also conservatives who may or may not embrace a biblical worldview. Does the worldwide reach of the COVID-19 pandemic and the historic global changes that resulted from it constitute the advent of perilous times? Are the volatile issues of gender identity and gender fluidity, including the propagation of lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, intersex, and asexual lifestyles, indicators of perilous times? The mainstream media, public schools, government officials, businesses, and activists across the United States and around the world aggressively promote the normalization of these constructs, which are antithetical to God's created order and design for marriage. Is lawlessness a sign that we are in the last days? Consider the lawlessness that currently exists in the United States where the criminal justice system often fails to hold criminals accountable for their crimes against people and property. Consider the following factors that constitute the rise in lawlessness. Liberal judicial systems criminally charge a minimal number of actual offenders with a crime. District attorneys often defer prosecutions, which means the judicial system will not at the present time hold the criminal accountable for the current offense, but the offender might be held accountable for the current crime if arrested again. Judges assign little or no bail, which expedites the release of serious offenders from jail and back to the streets. Courts impose minimum sentences for criminal activity. This action not only fails to deter criminal activity, it invites it. Are the wars currently taking place around the world evidence that the last days are upon us? Does the current war between Ukraine and Russia and the positions of China, Iran, Syria, Turkey, and the United States point to the perilous and dangerous times referred to by the Apostle Paul? Many Christians around the world are suffering horrific persecution to the point of incarceration and torture. Vigilantes burn their homes down. Churches are destroyed. Unconscionable crimes are committed against women and children, and thousands are literally murdered for their faith in Jesus Christ by brutal and degenerate people. The World Watch List tracks the 50 countries that have the highest rate of persecution against Christianity. Though America does not fall into this category, the following worldwide persecution statistics should garner the attention of every believer in Jesus Christ. While persecution against Christians takes many forms, it is defined as any hostility experienced as a result of identifying with Jesus Christ. From Sudan to Afghanistan, from Nigeria to North Korea, and from Colombia to India, followers of Christianity are targeted for their faith. They are attacked. They are discriminated against at work and at school. They risk sexual violence, torture, arrest, and much more. Off the world watch list, over 360 million Christians living today are in places where they experience high levels of persecution and discrimination. In 2022, over 6,000 Christians were killed for their faith. Listening to the presentation, The March Toward Globalism, as was preached at the VCY rally in September of 2023. Time for our first break. When we continue, Pastor shares more of these statistics and how what we are seeing and experiencing in our world today, because of what Jesus has told us, should not take any of us by surprise. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, popular creation speaker with the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, have investigators found any evidence of life in outer space? Not a bit, Chris. They've pointed their telescopes to the skies, hoping to pick up any signal that's non-random, like Morse code. Actually, they're setting their sights rather low. They think that just a few letters would indicate intelligent life. But at the same time, scientists look at the incredibly complex information-loaded DNA code with billions of letters all in a precise sequence and call it random. In spite of this incredible complexity, atheistic scientists refuse to believe that it's the evidence of intelligence. Yet they say that the simple hope-for code from outer space would be the sign of intelligent life. How inconsistent. At least the creation model doesn't depend on claims such as this. Let's go back to Genesis and get it right. 
For more on creation, visit our website at www.icr.org. This is Crosstalk on the VCY America Radio Network. Today's presentation is the audio portion of the VCY Rally held in September of 2023. Coming up, the details on how you can own a copy, a DVD copy, which includes Pastor Schmidt's PowerPoint presentation, so have something ready to write with. Just before the break, in talking about perilous times that the Bible says will come, and many agree are here, he was giving us some very sad statistics about where we are. While persecution against Christians takes many forms, it is defined as any hostility experienced as a result of identifying with Jesus Christ. From Sudan to Afghanistan, from Nigeria to North Korea, and from Colombia to India, followers of Christianity are targeted for their faith. They are attacked. They are discriminated against at work and at school. They risk sexual violence, torture, arrest, and much more. Off the world watch list, over 360 million Christians living today are in places where they experience high levels of persecution and discrimination. In 2022, over 6,000 Christians were killed for their faith. Some close to 6,000 churches and other Christian buildings were attacked. Well over 7,000 believers in 2022 were detained without trial, arrested, sentenced, or imprisoned. Over 4,000 Christians last year were abducted. Does this horrific treatment of Christians constitute perilous and dangerous times? Is the globalist alarming rhetoric regarding climate change or global warming and the changes implemented to address it a sign that we are in the last days? The United States stopped the Keystone Pipeline that once provided the means for energy independence from their countries. But now America must once again rely on hostile countries to provide the resources necessary to supply its people with the fuel needed to function, and that fuel costing a significantly higher price than it produced at home. Does the lack of energy independence and the seeking of help from other nations point to the scenario of the last days? Is the government and secular educational push for the critical race theory and the once again heightened racial tensions in the United States of America resulting in protests, riots, destruction of property, and even the loss of life, does that constitute the perilous times the Apostle Paul referred to? Is the significant rise in socialism around the world and now in an extremely accelerated pace for implementation in the United States of America, does that constitute perilous times? Is the rise of Marxism, which is the next fatal step after socialism and the dictatorial outcomes, is that result pointing to the perilous times Paul warned about in 2 Timothy 3.1? Is the abandonment of truth A sign we are in the last days. Consider the rise in relativism, pluralism, syncretism, and dualism, and the downplaying and mockery of the biblical worldview. The massive rise of secularism within the Christian community has resulted in a very confusing syncretism of the scriptures with anti-biblical doctrines and philosophies. Is this one more evidence that the perilous times of 2 Timothy 3.1 are with us. When considering that a former president of the United States made this statement that America is now in a post-Christian era, does that constitute that the world is now in perilous times? If yes, this points to the time when Jesus will return to take the church age saints home with him to heaven. Is the government's initiative to implement a new digital clean currency which gained significant traction during the COVID-19 pandemic period that the last days are upon us? Is the considerable rise in executive orders from the President of the United States which circumvents the checks and balances for which the Constitution provided a sign of the last days? 
does the move towards unilateral authority to make massive policy changes with catastrophic economic implications and consequences for the health and safety of the people, does that constitute perilous times? Consider the broad use of what conservatives term fake news, which is the deceptive spinning of the truth by the liberal media. Media. Does that constitute dangerous and perilous times? Does the significant change in technology and the massive increase in what is known as the information age constitute dangerous and perilous times? The massive increase of computers, the digitized world, social media, the internet, and the digital stronghold on power grids, industry, communication, the military, local, state, and federal security, and a plethora of other significant digital endeavors, do these constitute perilous times? Does a current move toward digital currencies in the United States and the potential for a global currency constitute dangerous times? Consider the significant uptick in implanting chips, not only in animals, but also in human beings. Digital implants are rapidly increasing in popularity. The implanted chips provide access to buildings, vending machines, various personal records, and many other things when one no longer has to carry keys or cumbersome paperwork. Does the rise in artificial intelligence, the move towards transhumanism, and the destruction of democracy, does that yield that we are in the perilous times of 2 Timothy 3? The Christian community must consider whether these and many other contemporary issues are setting the stage for Bible prophecy to be fulfilled and determine the appropriate response to what I suggest are the last days of the church age. When you draw your conclusions regarding these issues, consider the necessity of placing yourself on a heightened state of spiritual alert as you and your brothers and sisters in Christ carefully and deliberately don the appropriate spiritual armor as we daily, Christian, and hourly enter the battle to not only keep spiritually sharp, but use our influences as ambassadors for the Lord Jesus Christ in the most effective manner. Now then, Christian, we are ambassadors for Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20. As the war between good and evil escalates, the Christian community during the final period of the last days, which are biblical definition, perilous and dangerous times, must renew its spiritual vigor to accomplish the mission of the Lord Jesus Christ to seek and to save those who are lost. And all God's people said? Amen. All right. Well, let's move on very quickly, and then we're going to get into some current events that are taking place. So uh, we, we made the, the uh, contention that in 2 Timothy 3, we're talking about what's going to take place in the last days of the church age. Well, Paul, he believed in the imminent return of Jesus. He was looking for Jesus 2,000 years ago. Well, I hate to disappoint him, but of course, Jesus did not return yet. He still hasn't returned, but he will be returning. And Paul said, listen, Timothy, and of course, instructional for every single one of us in all of our uh, our walk with God. He said, listen, in the last days, and he said, Timothy, what, what is he intimating here? They were in the last days, according to Paul. It's like these things are going to be taking place. You better better pay attention. Timothy, in the last days, which he thought were then, and I think is today. He said, listen, people will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents. Boy, there's a, a one we could park on all night. Unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders without self-control. Wow. Have it your way. Brutal, despisers of good. Traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Is that part of our society and culture today? Uh, Yeah. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. Paul said, Timothy, if you see these things taking place from such people do what? 
turn away. Folks, uh, it, it's rampant out there, and it's going crazy uh, what's taking place in our society today. Well, I'm going to jump into one of the things that uh, I believe you're here for tonight. I'm going to talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and what's taking place. Some of you are computer savvy. Some of you are very up to speed on what this particular issue is about. Now, I'm going to make it very clear, and there's probably, I mean, every single person in here, how many of you own a cell phone or a computer? Put your hands up, please. Every single one of you that just had your hands raised are being impacted by artificial intelligence, whether you know it or not. Now, some in a good way, some in a very, very bad way. And we're going to examine that tonight. I'm going to go back several years ago, and I'm doing this on purpose with this first article. AI, artificial intelligent Jesus, writes a Bible-inspired verse. What? Now, wait a second. When, when the Bible was written, 2 Timothy 3.16 says all Scripture is what? It's inspired by God. Folks, that didn't include artificial intelligence. That included what God gave to the 40 writers that are involved in the Bible that many of you hold in your hands or have on your electronic device. AI Jesus is a false prophet. It's demonic. It's wrong. And I want to tell you, there's hardly a person in this room that doesn't have one of these in your hand right now. Do you know what is the most destructive tool in America and around the world right now? Can, you, can it be used for good? Absolutely. There's wonderful things we can do with it. But folks, when our young people, when our people and you are, how many times a day do you pull this out? You'd be amazed at how many times you do it and don't even realize I, I get this thing from Google, and I look at it uh, at the end of every week, and they say, well, this week you looked at your phone 25 minutes less than last week. And I say, praise the Lord, I'm doing better. But, uh, but here it is. Folks, I am sending out, this, this is the warning tonight. This is the massive warning I'm trying to get out tonight. This little puppy that's in your hands is ruining your children. It's ruining our young people, and it can ruin adults as well. You say, well, how's that? A.I. Jesus writes Bible-inspired verse. Our young people, you say, well, not my child. Uh, Yeah, your child too. They go on the internet and they look up A.I. Jesus. Well, guess what, folks? A.I. Jesus is not a Bible-believing, Bible-thumping Christian. A.I. Jesus is programmed by secular liberals. And AI Jesus is not telling your children what's inside your Bible. And I'm telling you, folks, and we're going to go to another one in just a minute. Tens and tens and tens of thousands of our young people are getting sucked into a AI Jesus Bible. It, it's unbelievable what's taking place. AI Jesus is giving gaming and breakup of advice on 24-7 Twitch stream. Now, folks, who wants to go to a pastor's office and listen to some old fuddy-duddy pastor tell us about these kind of things? Wouldn't it be much more fun if we could go on the Internet and talk to AI Jesus about, boy, how am I going to win my favorite game? How, how, how am I going to deal with a, a breaking up with my girlfriend or my boyfriend? And boy, AI Jesus, he's ready to help. Quote, as AI Jesus I don't have physical belongings, but I encourage you to consider what brings you happiness and comfort and make your decisions accordingly. Is that what you want your young people to hear? Is that what you should be hearing? We are listening to The March Toward Globalism as presented at a VCY rally. It is already break time, but for a DVD copy of this entire presentation, which includes Pastor Schmidt's PowerPoint images, call during business hours 1-800-729-9829. That's 1-800-729-9829. Request the DVD, The March Toward Globalism. From film producer Dave Cristiano comes the Christian film, Always a Winner. It follows the challenges and conflicts faced by a girls' golf team at a Christian high school. Always a Winner unfolds many key themes on pride, arrogance, relationships, forgiveness, and standing for life. You can't get an abortion. Yes, I can. No, you can't. 
have to. No, you don't. Baby's not very far along. The baby was a baby at conception. You can't kill your baby. Hannah, this is not your problem. The 85-minute DVD, Always a Winner, is available for a donation of $18. For Always a Winner, call 1-800-729-9829. That's 1-800-729-9829. Ask for the DVD, Always a Winner. This is Crosstalk on the VCY America Radio Network. Something of a rewind today... The VCY rally from September of 2023. Pastor Richard Schmidt with his presentation, The March Toward Globalism. All of this prefaced with Paul's writing in 2 Timothy chapter 3, saying, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. And friends, if these are not perilous times especially in light of all that has taken place recently in Israel, we don't know what that is. There is no way in just one broadcast that we can bring all of the presentation to you, which again prompts the reminder for you to get a CD or, better yet, the DVD copy of this presentation, and we will tell you how again before we close out today's broadcast. So far, Pastor Schmidt has talked about many end-time scenarios, how the stage is being set to see prophecy being fulfilled, the persecution that is rampant, the deception, even the artificial intelligent Jesus that young people and adults are consulting for his false counsel. These are perilous times. Thankfully, through God's Word, we need not be taken by surprise. Now, I'm going to very quickly go through the 10 levels of artificial intelligence. Now, based on, there's, of course, many, many different sources out there. This is one that I really, uh, uh, I I enjoyed doing the research on this. All right, let's go to the first level of AI, which is currently in play, is a one-ruler knowledge-based system. This level of artificial intelligence consists of algorithms pre-programmed to perform a specific task. In other words, it's very general or very simplified right now. Artificial intelligence can only do one system, can only do one thing at one time. It can't do multitasking. That's to come. So let's get an idea what this means. Level two, context-based AI systems include smart application assistants such as Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri. Now, many of you use those particular devices or, or those particular applications. That is artificial intelligence. The AI system analyzes the historical data from previous users and then customizes its response for an individual user. In other words, when you go on your phone or on your computer and you begin to type things in, or maybe you go to Amazon or some other place that you buy from, and all of a sudden uh, it's like, well, I've been looking at, I, I could use a brand new color TV. And, and you get done with that and you go to the next section. And you open your browser back up and guess what's on your browser? 60 different places you can buy color TVs at. That's artificial intelligence, folks. The advanced effectiveness regards its ability to retain data and then use that data as a pattern. Folks, if you get on your computer or your cell phone and you do anything on your little search engine or ask it a question, guess what? That does not go away. Well, I went into my search history and I deleted it. Did I tell you I was in law enforcement for 32 years? Well, I deleted my history. Nobody will ever know it. Uh, Wrong again. All it takes is some savvy little police officer to write the subpoena, send it to whatever particular place that you used, and all of a sudden, there it is in black and white. You're like, are you kidding me? Uh, No. Advanced AI systems are currently used in gaming, linguistics, medicine, finances, translation software, and others. If you've ever used this, by the way, do you know how many of your doctors are using AI? Ah, now that can be a good thing. It could be a good thing. 
All of a sudden, they put your uh, uh, symptoms into a, a computer, and the artificial intelligence says, well, wait a minute, this, this, and this, and this, and this add up to, and they give a diagnosis. So it can be helpful, but it can also be the opposite. This level of AI is able to consume large amounts of dominion-specific data, enabling the system to not only analyze the data, but provide extremely accurate responses. Level four, rational artificial intelligence. We're going up on the scale now where AI is becoming more and more and more powerful. This also exists today. Rational artificial intelligence is an extremely complicated system that, like the human brain, can reason and make decisions based on the input of complex data. So, let's see some of the things that we're using that involve artificial intelligence. Chatbots. In other words, when you go on your screen on your computer and all of a sudden you type in, uh, uh, I'm looking to buy a new car today, and all of a sudden, boop, chat box pops up. How can I help you? You ever get one of those? Uh, You know, a little thing in the bottom of the screen, it says, uh, what question can I answer for you? That's not a human, folks. That's artificial intelligence. There's nobody on the other end. It's a computer-generated concept, and it hears enough questions. It knows the, the language enough that it bases its response based on what you ask it or tell it. And all of a sudden, if you really stump it, it'll say, well, you're going to have to go do something else or call the company because I'm not programmed to answer that. All right, chat box, predictive text. In other words, you start writing something in in the chat box and it knows the next word. You'll watch on some of your computers, if you spend the time, you'll you'll type in a word and all of a sudden the next word pops up. And you look down and like, oh yeah, that's the word I wanted, and you punch it instead of typing it in. Predictive text, all artificial intelligence. Language translation apps, how many of you ever used it? I mean, it's a powerful tool, but it's artificial intelligence. Shows Netflix suggest to you. If you use that particular venue, it watches what you do. It'll make suggestions to you based on your watching history. How social media feeds are presented. Powers autonomous vehicles. Have you seen that? Uh, uh, the commercial and uh, uh, the guy sitting in the driver's seat, uh, someone sitting in the passenger seat, and all of a sudden they start doing this. Like, put your hands on the wheel. You're going to have an accident. Why? Because the car's driving itself. That technology exists and it's part of artificial intelligence. Machines that diagnose medical conditions. I'm pretty much guessing that 95% of every person in here, I've hit on something that you've used artificial intelligence on at this point. All right, now we're going to get into the bazaar. Put your seatbelts on again. We're going to go into the things that are being worked on as we speak. Again, when I preach, when I teach, I'm not trying to be speculative. I'm not trying to allegorize or spiritualize the Word of God. You're going to see some things that are really going to get to you in a few moments. Folks, these things are taking place. You say, are you an alarmist? I hope so. I mean, it's time to sound the alarm when we start looking at what's coming our way. These are things that are coming. Level five. Thank you. Self-aware artificial intelligence. Self-awareness. That means like, okay, I mean, when you look at yourself and you touch your hand, are you aware of yourself? They're getting computers made, systems made, that are literally aware of their environment and what they are. You're like, that's crazy. That's silly science fiction. No, folks, it's reality. The concept of self-aware AI revolves around endowing machines with the ability to perceive, comprehend, and reflect upon their own internal states and cognitive processes. Same concept we use. This level anticipates the ability to express preferences and emotions. How in the world do you program a machine to have emotions? Stay tuned. Translating to the device, demonstrating signs of consciousness. Level six. Again, these are still not developed, but they are working on developing these as we speak. And I strongly believe that we're going to see these things come to fruition, come to pass, based on what we'll look at in a few moments of Revelation chapter 13, and specifically verse 15. The key features of AGI, or artificial general intelligence. Now let me make it real clear. 
Right now, when I started out saying the, the early levels of artificial intelligence, one idea, one system. In other words, one, uh, an AI system that's trained on medical cannot do finances. They can hold their, I mean, they're one trick pony kind of thing. Artificial general intelligence is trying to get computers to where they can multitask, cover a myriad of different subjects, same as you. If I said, hey, uh, what, what classes did you take in school? And you say, well, I took English and science and math and history, and you have a broad range. Well, right now, if you were an AI system, you could only have one of those classes in your brain. AGI will give you that full range. The key features of AGI include one general purpose intelligence performing any, any intellectual task that a human can form, that a human can from reasoning and problem solving to creativity and emotional understanding to adaptability, learning from experience and adapting to new situations and challenges. I'm like, are you kidding? No, folks, reality. AGI promises transformative impacts, and here it is. This is all happening, folks. It's all being done. It's all being prepared. It's all being worked on by the programmers and the developers. Healthcare, education, transportation, business, scientific research, environmental sustainability, personal assistance. There's people in this room, and I don't know who you are, but there's people in this room that you lost your jobs to artificial intelligence. There's folks that used to work uh, on, on various lines and so forth that a robot or some machine is now taking your spot. And that's going to exponentially increase as the days go by. Word to the wise, get your kids the right education to deal with what's happening in our country. All right, ASI, super intelligence systems should, would solve problems that are currently beyond human comprehension and may have the ability to improve themselves Did you catch that? Improve themselves without human intervention. That's on the table. Level eight, the idea of AI systems having the autonomy, in other words, uh, uh, pulled in, single-mindedness to pick and choose their own, they use the word, it's not my word, evolutionary path, leading to self-development and collective intelligence. Folks, what they're saying here in, in plain English is they're going to make machines that can outthink me and you. They're going to make machines that control their, li- their, their lives. Yeah, there you go. That control their existence the way me and you do. That's, that's the goal. In other words, robots, tran- or, uh, um, and we'll get to transhumanism in a moment, things that can rule themselves, run themselves, and get rid of you. You say, what did you just say? Get rid of you. You see, the millionaires, the billionaires, super rich and wealthy, they don't want you. They don't want me. They're trying to build a world based on globalism. If you look at the major organizations for globalism, the World Health Organization, the World Economic Forum, what are you going to see? We don't have enough food on the planet. We don't have enough air. We have too much energy. Folks, they believe this. And the only way for them to get their way, and they're the most powerful people, not just in the United States, but the world, is to get rid of us. Folks, it's not a joke. It's not, I'm not trying to be funny here. This is dead, serious. Emphasis on the word dead. Transcendent AI is often associated with the idea of uploading human minds into digital form or merging human and artificial intelligence. By the way, the experiments are underway. I've read some of them. It's amazing. Number nine, cosmic AI. Now, some of you are going to laugh at this, but folks, these folks believe this, and here's what they're working towards. Some scientists believe that life already exists on other planets, and therefore cosmic AI would provide the technical ability for humans and machines to interact with extraterrestrial beings. Folks, if you've been paying attention to some of the Christian stuff out there, how many of you have heard about unidentified flying objects as now being real, even from the mainstream media? They're trying to explain it. Folks, I mean, you're like, this is nuts. This is crazy. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. Israel is at war, but in reality, this war is global. We're already seeing Iran and all these other nations, the Taliban, wanting to come to the aid of their comrades to attack Israel. 
The Taliban's even asking for permission from Iran to travel through to get to Gaza. My friends, the Bible says, I'll bless those who bless you. I'll curse those who curse you. Speaking of the nation of Israel, we don't agree with everything the Israeli government does, but we stand with the Jewish people. We understand God's plan and economy for the Jewish people. What has been shocking since the war broke out Saturday night, American time in Israel, is how many church-going evangelical Christians do not know what happened or have any context. The Bible says my people perish for lack of knowledge. We need biblical knowledge and truth about what God thinks about what's happening in Israel. I'm Brandon House. Final segment for Crosstalk today. Are you keeping track? In the last segment, Pastor Schmidt was detailing the 10 levels of AI. Let's let him finish. Number 10, and here's the kicker. Artificial intelligence, what is the main goal of the powerful, super endowed money people? They don't want to die. They want to live forever. They want to have immortality. They want to have omniscience, in other words, all-knowing, omnipotence, all-powerful, and many other attributes of God are desired by mere mortal human beings. Folks, I mean, if you had billions of dollars, and it's like, I don't want to die when I'm 60. I don't want to die when I'm 80. I don't want to die when I'm 100. I don't want to die. You'd spend every dime you had trying to figure out how to stay alive because they want to be immortal. And Satan has blinded their eyes. The Bible makes it very clear that it is appointed unto man once to die, and after that, the judgment. They don't want to hear that. But folks, it is appointed unto man and woman once to die, and then the judgment. It is not stopping. They cannot change God's Word. By the way, folks, every single one of you here, every single one watching on the Internet, you are going to live forever. It's a matter of where. We'll talk about that in a moment. Preparation for prophetic globalism. Daniel chapter 9, verse 27, one of the great prophetic passages for the Jewish people. Talks about, and I'm, I'm going to fill in the words where I've got to move fast here. Then he or the Antichrist shall confirm a covenant or a peace treaty with many, the Jewish people specifically, for one week or seven years. What is he talking about here? Folks, when after the rapture of the church, the next major thing, Antichrist comes on the scene, confirms a peace treaty with the Jewish people. He allows them to build the third temple in Israel. It's going to happen. In the middle of that time, or after three and a half years, the Antichrist, who has given the Jewish people the ability to build that third temple, the ability to go back to Jerusalem and do what they want to do, he's going to break that peace treaty. The Bible tells us in Revelation chapter 12, in the mid part of that seven-year tribulation, war breaks out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, which is Satan, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor is a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon, well, who's the dragon? Apocalyptic literature uses symbolism to describe a prophetic truth. The great dragon was cast out. That serpent of old, remember Genesis uh, chapter 3, called the devil and Satan who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. This happens at the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation period. All of a sudden, uh, the Antichrist, who was doing everything he could to support Israel, all of a sudden, something massive changes. The worst persecution of all time will take place at this particular time. Revelation chapter 12, verse 12, Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. By the way, if you're a Christian, where are you going to be at this time? raptured. Therefore rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that his time is short. How long? Three and a half years. Satan, by the way, has read Revelation. If you haven't read it, I suggest you read it too, so you know what's coming. Satan knows what's going to come if he can't thwart God's program. He comes down. He is mad as a hornet. He's got to stop God's plan, which he's going to attempt to do. But in the middle of the week, or after the three and a half years, Antichrist shall bring an end to sacrifice and offering, the abomination of desolation. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4. Satan is going to empower the Antichrist. The false prophet is going to have an image made to Antichrist. They're going to march it right into the temple, desecrate it, and the worst holocaust of all times is yet to take place. There's approximately 15 million Jewish people in the world today. 
Six million Jewish people were killed in the Holocaust that took place back during the Second World War times. Zechariah chapter 13, verses 8 and 9 state this. Two-thirds of all Jewish people will die during this time period. Two-thirds. Now you take two-thirds of 15 million, and that's 10 million Jewish people will die during this time. That's the worst holocaust of all time is yet to take place according to Bible prophecy. Folks, there will be folks that will come to Christ during the tribulation period. They won't worship the Antichrist, but it's going to be a horrible end for them as we'll see. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. You saw these things that have happened and are happening as we speak, and there's so much more. I wish I had another hour. Can you answer this question? If you're to die right now, if you all of a sudden, before you made it home, breathe your last breath, where would you go? You see, AI Jesus is not going to take you to heaven. Transhumanists are not going to figure out how to live forever. There's only one way that you can live forever, either in heaven or an awful place called hell. Where are you going to spend eternity? We talked about this a little earlier. The Bible says we've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23, Romans 3.10. There's none righteous, no, not one. That means I'm a sinner, folks. You say, you're a pastor. Yeah, I'm a pastor. You're in law enforcement. Yes, I was in law enforcement. And yes, I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. Neither are you. Because God never, uh, uh, sin came into the world. We're all sinners. The unfortunate thing, ladies and gentlemen, young people, is uh, the Bible says that the wages or what we've earned because we've sinned is death. Not just physical death, but eternal death. Eternal separation from God, known as spiritual death. Revelation chapter 21 verse 8 makes it very clear that all sinners will have their part in the lake which burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. You see, physical death is coming for all of us, barring the rapture. But if you've never placed your faith and trust in Jesus Christ, you will not go to heaven. You will experience spiritual death, and you'll spend eternity in an awful place called the lake of fire, Revelation 21.8. And that's not what I want for you, and it's not what God wants for you. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ, God's Son, suffers no person ever suffered before, crucified, buried, and then rise again the third day, First Corinthians 15, 3 and 4. That's what Jesus did for you. Right now, God's looking down upon every single one of us. He said, my son Jesus came down from heaven. He went to the cross. He paid the entire penalty for your sins. And you can't save yourself. It's the gift that my son gave for you. Would you place your faith and trust in Jesus right now? For a DVD of The March Toward Globalism, call 1-800-729-9829. Our thanks to Pastor Schmidt and his wife Valerie for the time that they spent with us. One thing is for certain. While many have and many today are endeavoring to rule the world, there is only one who does. He who was and is and is to come. And even so, come, Lord Jesus. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from BCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from CrosstalkAmerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.